0: Hello, my name is Jack Buckley. I'm on the faculty of UCLA Medical Center, and today I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Uh, Gary Fiskum on behalf of the Education Committee of the Society of Neuroscience in Anesthesia and Critical Care. Uh, Dr. Fiskum is the Jane Majasko Professor for Research in Anesthesiology. and the Vice Chair for Research, and he's also a professor of Biochemistry and Molecular Biology and Pharmacology at the University of Maryland. He has done extensive research in mitochondrial biogenetics for the last 35 years and has also worked on ischemic brain injury for the last 30 years. He's currently on the University of Maryland uh, faculty and has been doing that for the last 17 years. He has published extensively with 180 research articles and his, his research is currently funded by the NIH and the Department of Defense. He's also been an active member of SNAC for the last 15 years. So this will be the first edition where we call it uh, Speak with the Experts. And today we're going to talk to Dr. Fiskum on hyperoxia in uh, neurologic injury. So, Dr. Fiskum, the question I wanted to start off with is how has the literature evolved in relationship to hyperoxia and neurologic injury?
1: Well, there have been at least 1,000 articles published on hyperoxia and the brain, and more than two-thirds of these since the year 2000 and one-third in the last four years. And I think these statistics indicate a a steep rise in the awareness of the potential importance of the effects of hyperoxy on the brain. Despite the fact that hyperoxy was shown to cause or at least exacerbate retinopathy of prematurity over 50 years ago, the positive and negative effects of hyperoxia on other acute CNS disorders, including global and focal ischemia and traumatic brain injury, have really only been studied intensively for the last two decades. Most retrospective clinical studies have appeared in the last decade, and prospective clinical trials are only just beginning to be published.
0: So can you describe the work that you published on hyperoxia uh, reperfusion after global ischemia in the animal models?
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, the results that Dr. Robert Rosenthal, an emergency medicine physician, and I obtained using both large and small animal models of ischemic brain injury caused by cardiac arrest indicate that when animals are initially resuscitated with 100% oxygen, rapid titration of ventilatory oxygen down to a hemoglobin saturation of between 94 and 96% results in better neurologic outcome, reduced neuronal death, and improved brain energy metabolism compared to animals continuously maintained on 100% oxygen for just one hour after the resuscitation.
0: So what do you believe is the likely mechanism for the worst neurologic outcome after doing hyperoxic uh, reperfusion?
1: Well, I believe that there are several mechanisms likely involved in the exacerbation of neurologic injury after cardiac arrest caused by exposure to hyperoxia early following resuscitation. We found evidence for greater oxidative modification of lipids, proteins, and DNA in the brains of animals exposed to hyperoxia. We also observed increased inflammation as reflected by microglial activation following hyperoxic reperfusion although the main goal of hyperoxia is to avoid hypoxia and therefore increase aerobic energy metabolism, we found that the opposite is actually true in our experiments. Hyperoxia actually inhibits critical metabolic enzymes through oxidative modification of these proteins. It also increases tissue lactate and decreases the tricarboxylic acid cycle activity, particularly in the hippocampus, which contains neurons that are selectively vulnerable to ischemic cell death. We have indeed found that many more hippocampal neurons die following cardiac arrest with hyperoxic compared to normoxic reperfusion.
0: Now, have there been any additional studies that have been published on hyperoxia and neurologic injury?
1: Yes, several other laboratories have reported that hyperoxia worsens brain injury following cardiac arrest using different models and different animal species. In contrast, results obtained with animal stroke, i.e., focal ischemia, models indicate that hyperoxia may be beneficial. Results from animal traumatic brain injury models are more mixed with some supporting beneficial effects and others indicating detrimental effects of hyperoxia.
0: Now, I think this is a very exciting area. Um, how do you, do, you tra- do you think these animal studies have translated into the treatment of humans uh, with cerebral ischemia?
1: Well, based on the pre, our preclinical studies and that of others, and a small number of retrospective clinical studies, the American Heart Association ACLS guidelines um, published in 2010 and again in 2013 stated, and I'll quote, provided appropriate equipment is available, once restoration of spontaneous circulation is achieved, Adjust the ventilatory oxygen to the minimum concentration needed to achieve arterial hemoglobin saturation greater than 94%, with the goal of avoiding hyperoxia while ensuring adequate oxygen delivery. But clearly, um, these are not guidelines; are not based on extensive. prospective clinical trials, and therefore, we believe very strongly that multicenter center prospective clinical trials comparing normoxic and hyperoxic um, reperfusion are necessary to resolve this issue. At, at the very least, though, there is increased awareness that oxygen is a drug, and therefore, consideration should be given to its therapeutic and potentially toxic doses. The timing and the extent of supplemental oxygen should probably depend on the form of CNS injury, such as global versus focal ischemia, and um, the patient-specific characteristics. So ultimately, we might find through genomics or proteomics that uh, some individuals uh, are more susceptible to the detrimental effects of oxygen than others, and vice versa. So I I think it's it's an exciting time in this field of research, particularly as we move forward into clinical trials that are absolutely essential to uh, resolve this important issue.
0: I I can't agree more. I mean, I think this is an area that might change dramatically in the next five or ten years um, as we get more data. Um, Well, thank you very much for taking the time to discuss this issue, and hopefully this will be informative for our members.
1: Yes, thank you. I, I certainly appreciated uh, the opportunity to share my thoughts with uh, the SNAC members and others.